Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. And all the symptoms went away. Vibrations. So I've been studying this stuff. It's fascinating to me. I love when I can dig into the science of what we as humans can figure out and feel really, really smart about and then realize that it's all been God's design the entire time and modern science just confirms what God has already declared in his word. See, the Bible says in Acts chapter 17, 28 that in him we live and move and have our being. You have vibes. Did you know that every single cell in your body has a sound wave inside of it? You you actually have a sound that your body makes. As I begin to research into this and look into this, thinking about the vibrations in our body, is there really something to it? Can you repel or can you attract certain things? All of us have been around somebody that repelled us. We've been around someone that attracted us, right? Is there something to it? Is there something about these vibes that we talk about? And as I did research again and again, I found out that it actually is true. That the sound, when God spoke you into existence, the sound of his voice still reverberates inside of your physical body. Every cell in your body makes a sound. In fact, I read an article inside of um, Popular Science Magazine where doctors were doing studies on your cells and they were using infrared light to shine onto different cells and they could actually hear the sounds that the cells were making and they described healthy cells like an orchestra that was literally singing a sound. And if there was a cancerous cell, it had a completely different sound In fact, it sounded like in the orchestra, the tuba was out of tune, and it made a wrong sound that wasn't pleasing. Your body makes a sound that's either pleasing to God or displeasing to God. See, when you look at the actual science of it, you discover that everything in all creation, all created matter has a sound. It has a vibration in it inside. And so when you begin to realize, when you look at things in the scriptures that talk about how Jesus said that the rocks would cry out in worship if humans didn't, there's all these verses all through the Bible. Psalms chapter 98, 96, verse 11 and 12 says that the heavens and the earth and the seas and the fields and the trees would all worship and glorify God. Psalm 66, 4 says, all of the earth shall worship you and sing your praises. Isaiah 55 says, the mountains and the hills shall break forth with singing before you, and all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. All of creation, God created everything that has matter to worship him, and your body worships him. Whether you like it or not, God is so powerful. The trees don't have a choice. The rocks don't have a choice. He made them with that vibration. They sing to him regardless because he made them with that frequency, with that energy in it. 
It says in Colossians 1, verse 16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. We actually exist inside of God. God is so big, he's so massive, he's so majestic. We don't exist outside of him. In him, we live and move and have our being. Did you know that your thoughts make vibrations? Your thoughts actually travel through your body on a sound wave. Did you know that your heart can produce a thought? It's not just your brain. Your heart has over 40,000 neurons in it, and your heart has the ability to initiate conversations with your brain. I've told this story a number of times, but I had a friend named Nick who has since passed, but in his late 20s, he was having serious heart conditions, and he was on a transplant list. He was a very large man, tall, big ex-football player, um, and he had a bad heart, big physical body, bad heart. And as a 28-year-old man, he got a transplant And I went to see him in the hospital, and Nick began to tell me that he was having these weird experiences. He was having dreams, but the dreams were too real. The colors, the smells, he said they were so powerful and there was so much emotion connected in these dreams that he didn't feel like they were actual dreams. He felt like they were memories. I said, man, that's weird. I said, have you talked to your doctor about it? Not yet. He goes, but that's not all. I said, okay, what else? He goes, Joel, he goes, I crave Mexican food. Every meal, I want Mexican food. I said, that's great, I love Mexican food. He goes, I hate Mexican food. I hate Mexican food, Joel. If you ask me where I wanna eat, I will say anywhere but Mexican. I'm like, wow, that is crazy. He goes, that's not all. I said, what else? He goes, Joel, I got J-Lo fever. He goes, I can't stop thinking. Hispanic women, I am crazy attracted to Hispanic women. He goes, I've never had this before. If my wife finds out, she's gonna kill me. She's not Hispanic. I said, dude, you need to talk to your doctor, find out what's going on. Sure enough, the heart that Nick got came from a 40-year-old Hispanic man. Nick didn't only get a pump to move blood through his body. Nick got this man's beliefs, his memories, his thoughts, his desires, his attractions, his appetites. The sad thing is the heart that he received was so contrary to Nick and who Nick was that his body ended up rejecting the heart and Nick didn't make it more than just another year or so. Very sad. But in that, I began to realize when the Bible says As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And we as humans say, well, that's ridiculous. The Bible's so dumb. You don't think with your heart. You think with your head. Well, the joke's on you. Because the heart actually thinks. And the seat of your beliefs and your emotions, your deepest thoughts, your deepest desires reside inside of the heart. It's why God says for you to guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues, the wellsprings, the vitality of your life. Your thoughts make vibrations. The vibrations shift and change your body. See, I have for many, many years, I have studied 
thinking. I, I'm fascinated with neuroscience, behavior science. I'm, I'm fascinated with positive psychology and the effect of thoughts on your physical body. I've studied and studied. I love this stuff. I could geek out up here for an hour and a half and show all, tell you all the different things I've learned in all the years I've been reading and studying this stuff. But they have now proven that people can think themselves sick or they can think themselves well. They can think themselves, come on, so many. In fact, I heard a study that about 70% of the diseases that are inflicted upon mankind start in our own thought lives. All through the Bible, there are stories of miraculous things that happened where, where, where matter was shifted, things transitioned inside. There's a story where an axe head floated up to the top of the water. It's physically impossible, except you have a God that controls matter. Jesus walks on water. It's impossible, except for the fact that he was the creator and he could shift the molecules of water. Your thoughts make a difference. As I began to continue researching, my wife reminded me to look up a specific doctor. It's a Japanese man named Dr. Masuru Emoto. Many of you have heard of this. And he actually did studies for many, many years on the effects of thoughts, intentions, words, declarations, and what they did to the molecules of water. And there are picture after picture of how a water molecule, when they would freeze it and then look at it, if it was from a polluted stream or if it was from a fresh water stream, it would have completely different structures. I want to show you a few of these pictures. The first picture that you'll see is going to be a picture of, of, of the same water. This water on this side was exposed to words like, you make me sick and I will kill you. And that same water, when they put some healing music on, changed its entire molecular structure inside the water and created these beautiful crystalline pictures. Look at the next one. This is a slide of the water molecules before prayer from a polluted stream and after prayer. Same water, the effect of prayer on a water molecule. Look at the next one. The next one is the statement, you fool. Same water, but now, thank you. And the complete structure of the water shifts. I love this last one. Look at what water looks like when the word love is spoken over it. And what you think about this, this, this man, Dr. Emoto, he did studies like this where they would literally just put the word written on paper and tape it to the glass. They would pray over it. Complete molecular structure change. They would think thoughts. They, one of the research they did literally from Tokyo, Japan, they had water in Los Angeles, and they had a group of people intentionally thinking about that water and thinking blessing toward that water. And across the globe, the crystals changed with no one even there. How do you explain this? I don't know. I don't know. But I know that your body is 70% water. And if you can have intentions, thoughts, words released to water in a test tube, and it becomes different in its molecular form, what happens to your physical body based on your thoughts?
Guys, we live in a world, we are fully inundated with negativity in our world. Good news doesn't sell. Good news doesn't make any money. They don't tell us the good news. They only tell us the bad news. We live in a world that assumes the negative. Something happens, it must be this. Something else happens, it must be that. And we assume the worst. I don't know about you, but I have conversations with myself in my head. I talk to myself all the time. Normally not out loud, because that's strange, but, but in my head, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I, I, go, I go to counseling to help with the stuff inside my head. Maybe you should too. Hopefully you're here because you wanna work on some of the stuff inside of your head. Guys, the things that are in our head don't stay in our head. They create electromagnetic and biochemical responses that resonate through our whole body. It shifts our body on a cellular level. And it affects our health. It affects our future. It affects our kids. How many times can we get into a negative state in our minds and we can completely ruin something just because we're thinking about it the wrong way. I've watched people ruin business partnerships because they thought wrong. I've watched people ruin their marriages because they thought wrong. I've watched people mess up their kids because they thought wrong. What you believe in your heart, you will become. Well, how can you say that, Joel? Because everything is about faith. Your ability to please God is all about faith. What is faith? Faith is your belief system. It's the beliefs that are so powerful that they propel you into action. It's not faith if it doesn't make you move. Faith without works is dead. But there's a sound that your faith makes that pleases God. The Bible says the type of faith that pleases him is to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, far too often we Christians, we, we, we fall into the trap of having faith with strings attached. I believe if this, if God will do this, then I will this. We create this conditional relationship between our faith and God. And that's not the type of faith that pleases him. The type of faith that pleases him is to believe that he is and to believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is and he's good, that's it, that's the faith that pleases him. After the death of our daughter, I literally was reduced to a place where I didn't know if I even believed the Bible anymore. Because I'm looking at the Bible and the Bible doesn't sound right. When the Bible says in Psalms 91 that a thousand will fall at your left, 10,000 at your right side, but none will come near you, I'm like, that's a lie. It's not true. And I was in conflict with the Bible. And I was a pastor. It's not good for my job when I don't believe the Bible. But what happened is I had to grow in my faith beyond the Bible. That's scary for somebody. But did you realize that all of the, our forefathers of faith didn't have a Bible? You, you know that, right? There was, no, there was no Torah until Moses. Thousands of years of spiritual forefathers with no Bible. Yet they knew God and they pleased God. I was reduced to a place where all I had left was I know he is and I know somehow he's still good. I don't know what else I believe anymore because of what I went through, my experience. 
But God had me exactly where he wanted me. And to realize later that the type of faith that pleases him is just that simple. You don't have to understand everything. You just know that he is. And I know that he's good. Doesn't make sense all the time, but I know that he is. And I know that he's good. So the big question today, are your vibes positive or negative? What's going on inside of your head? How much negativity goes on inside of your head? I can tell you the amount of negativity that goes on in my head is directly proportional to the amount of news that I listen to. It's funny what happens when you get older and all of a sudden you pay attention to the news. Life was so much better before I paid attention to the news. But the news used to actually have good stories and some pleasant stories on there and you'd hear some wins instead of all the, just the hate and the negative and the division and, and the us and them and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's horrific. And we as the people of God have been given something called the good news. And that's, the, what, we're, that's what we're supposed to be focused on. And Christians, I believe, are too wrapped up in the bad news of this world and not wrapped up enough in the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the more we fill ourselves with the good news, the more we can affect the actual physical vibrations inside of our body that bring glory to God. Your body worships him. So what do we have to do? We, we need to learn how to fix our thoughts. Fix our thoughts. Look at this. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I got a flat tire. Praise God. My dog ran away. Thank you, Jesus. No, really, thank you, Jesus. I'm just kidding. Come on, there's, it's hard to rejoice in all things. It's, it's hard to be glad in bad times. But it's the command. Watch this. Let everyone see you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. That's the focus. The focus is not what's happening in the news. The focus is Jesus is coming back. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Watch. Fix your thoughts. That's what needs to happen. We need to fix our thoughts. How can we fix our thoughts, I'll tell you. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned to receive from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the Lord God of peace will be with you. Fix your thoughts. In my, in my studies, I discovered that about 95% to 97% of your thought life, you literally have millions and millions and millions of thoughts every single day, 95 to 97% of them are completely subconscious. You don't even know you're having them. When I ask you how many of you talk to yourselves and only two of us were honest enough, the truth of the matter is every single one of you, 95% of your thoughts are, are on an auto tape. You don't even know you're doing them. I didn't sit here and think, you know what, I'm, I'm going to walk up to the front of the stage and I'm going to put my hand in my pocket and I'm going to make my gestures. It just, things just happen. You just do what you do. You have gestures. You have expressions. You don't think about it. You didn't think about blinking. In three seconds, I'm going to blink. Two, 
One, got to keep my eyes moist. You don't think about that stuff. It's subconscious. Just happens. Only three to five percent of your thoughts are conscious thoughts that you have control over. But here's the good news. You have control over them. And you can rewrite that three to five percent. And if you learn how to create the right type of thoughts in the areas you can control, you will begin to rewrite your automatic thoughts without even trying because you're intentionalizing the right thoughts in the right place. Have you ever had a thought enter your head that you wish you didn't have? If all of our thoughts were on a big screen above our floating, floating around above our heads, none of us would have jobs, <laughs> spouses, bank accounts. I, I mean, we, thoughts hit your head, right? You ever go, get, that, get out, get out, get out, get out, right? We, we don't, there are thoughts that hit our head. Guess what? If you recognize the thought, that thought came with a decision. Every thought that you are aware of comes with a decision. And, and you have a memory that's connected to that thought. If you smell chocolate chip cookies, you have Maybe a pleasant thought because you have a pleasant experience and your grandma used to make them and whatever way. There's a memory that's connected to that thought. Or you have a negative thought because of a negative experience. But you, you have, I learned from Cheryl, you have a thing inside of your brain stem called the RAS, the reticular activating system. And five of your senses are housed there, all except smell. Smell goes straight to the brain on its own, but the rest of your senses are held inside of your reticular activating system. It's where your fight or flight response comes from. It's where, it's, it's where you interpret the senses and things that are happening around your world. And many people have a negative bent to their RAS system because they've had negative experiences. They have negative memories. And you have these, what Cheryl taught me, automatic negative thoughts, ants. You think of a person, you go, oh, jerk. Another person, oh, I can't stand her. Never shuts up. Oh, I know you don't ever do that. Just your pastor does that kind of stuff, right? Come on, guys. Can we be honest? Can we be real? You think about a politician you don't like, oh. My dad told me one time, I said, Dad, you're supposed to pray for these leaders. He goes, I am. I'm praying that he'll be taken out of office. <laughs> I'm praying that it'll be eradicated from public service, right? I mean, it's like, I don't think that's how it works, but thanks, Pops, I appreciate that. Right, come on. We have negative thoughts, automatic, and we catch ourselves. You get cut off in traffic. I, I have a funny thing. I, I got a guy that I was working with, and I just joking around. I grabbed him on the back of the neck, just messing around with him, just kind of roughhouse, and he turns around. He goes, you do that again, I'm going to punch you in the face. And I'm like, oh, please do. I need the exercise. But it was just so, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this, guy, this guy's got a thing. I said, where'd that come from, bro? Where's that anger come from? I just touched your neck. He goes, I don't know, maybe from how my brother used to treat when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah, I think so. I got one, too. Don't touch my hair, dude. I'll come out swinging, man. For being a little guy and now nah, you little punk kid. I, dude, I, I'm telling you what. I messed up, man. You touch my hair, I'm swinging. Just know it. Just know it. I said, I, I, I can relate to that. I said, but the problem is now I know your weakness. I want to grab your neck every time I see you just, just so you will take a swing at me. 
But we have these automatic things, these triggers that happen inside of our body, inside of our minds, inside of our psyches. And if we're not careful, we'll let that reticular activating system run on autopilot and be negative about all these different things in our lives. And we actually have to learn how to rewrite the tape. And in my study over these last few days, I found out that you actually can do as the Bible said, take thoughts captive. The Bible says we're to take certain types of thoughts captive. Watch this verse. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is a four-step process of how you get yourself in a very, very bad situation in your mind. It starts as a thought that's disobedient to Christ. It starts as a, as a thought that exalts itself, what's called a vain imagination in, in the King James Version. It, it, it's contrary to Christ. And then the next stage, it, it becomes a high thing. It, it, it's, it's an attitude. All of a sudden, you start, you start looking down at someone because you have a high thing. You think you're right and they're wrong because they're in a different political party or they have a different affiliation, they have a different view, and you've got your nose up and you're looking down because you had a thought that was not godly and you didn't take it captive and it grew to a high thing, an attitude. And then it's compounded at the next level, it becomes an argument. Now you have all the reasons because you've allowed this thought that was disobedient and ungodly to stay. It became an attitude and you didn't discipline it. You didn't take it captive. So now you've got full-blown arguments and you'll jump online and you can argue with anybody to prove your point because you're righter than they are. And if you're not careful, what happens next is it becomes a stronghold. A stronghold is just fine. My pastor taught me many, many years ago is a castle of thought in your mind rigorously defended. A fortress of thoughts that you defend because this is how it is and this is how, and I don't need anyone, I'll take care of myself and I don't, guys, we have so many things that if we're not careful, we can create little fortresses of thoughts inside of our mind that, that are contrary to our faith and we can declare our faith in Jesus. But these castles of thought have dominion in our minds, in our hearts, and they're destructive, and they affect our health. They create the wrong vibes in our body. And we, we live in cycles of, of anxiety and depression and oppression and fear and all of these different things because of castles of thought. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. We're not supposed to be people that are ruled by fear. We're supposed to be ruled by faith. What I found also reading scientific journals was that gratitude was the most powerful attitude. Interesting. Gratitude was the most powerful attitude. It's described as being like a superfood for your soul. Interesting, 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. See, I have, over these last number of years, learned how to be grateful, even for the horrific things I've been through in life, because I've made a decision to let the bad make me better instead of bitter. 
The Bible says not to give the enemy a foothold. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And don't allow a bitter root to grow up and defile many. See, when we're anger, we're in our anger and we, and we hold on to that anger. So many, so many times anger, we use anger as a weapon to defend ourselves. So we can be angry at this person so that we can let ourselves off the hook somewhere else. What happens is we give the devil a foothold in our lives. As, as a big brother, I knew that when I could torment my little sisters, chase them around the room or chase them, and they would run to the room and, and try to slam the door and lock it before their big brother could torment them more. All I had to do was baseball slide at the last second and get my foot in, and my little sister couldn't shut the door. I didn't need everything in. I just needed a foot. If I could just get a foothold, I could wiggle and wriggle and push and wedge and all this, and I could get in there to do my big brotherly duty. Just a foothold. And that's what anger does in our lives. Anger is a toxic thought. Well, you don't know, Joel. You don't know what they did to me. I know, I don't. But you don't know what you're doing to yourself right now. By allowing anger to live in your body like a God that you worship. Because it's a stronghold now. It has a fortress, unforgiveness, bitterness. It will rot your soul. It will ruin you from the inside out. You will have all types of physical maladies because you allow toxic, negative thought, evil vibrations, evil vibrations to rule inside of your body and create sickness and death in your physical body. And you'll repel the good that God wants to bring to your life because you're focused on why you're right to feel a certain way because of what someone else did. If you could instead learn to forgive and release that person, you'll set yourself free from that prison. And you'll begin to create healthy cycles of thought in your life. As we go through this series, I'm going to teach you more and more about how to do some of these different things, how to create some of these different things. Uh, I actually found a place that has a, a little bit of a recipe of how you can begin to reprogram your reticular activating system so that when you have certain exposure to different stimulus, you, you can begin to reprogram and recreate the right way to think about it instead of the wrong way to think about it, and you can break those toxic cycles, and we're going to dig into that more next week as we continue with this series called Vibes. But I want to pray for you right now, and I want to specifically pray for your thought life, and I want to lead you in a prayer Maybe you need to forgive today. Maybe you've been dealing with anger or resentment. Maybe you've been dealing with some sort of frustration. Maybe you've been feeding yourself all the wrong things, the wrong foods for your spirit, for your soul, the wrong thoughts. Think on what's pure. Think on what's noble. Think on what's true. Think on what's right. We've got to start taking thoughts captive and not allowing ourselves to continue down that path. Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you would awaken our souls, that you would make us aware of our thought processes. Father, that you would help us to take thoughts captive, to begin to disagree and dismantle the negative and toxic thoughts and feelings and emotions that have been ruining our lives, that we've allowed because we felt justified. We've allowed because we felt like 
someone had done wrong to us and we deserved better or we deserved different. God, I ask you right now that you would forgive us for our negative thoughts and help us to create positive, faith-filled thoughts that we walk in the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, help us to release the good vibes inside of our body that promote health and wellness and joy and peace. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, come into our lives and fill us. Maybe you're here today and you need to get your life right with God. Maybe you need to repent for something right now. Maybe you've never given yourself to Jesus before and this is your day, this is your moment. You could be watching online, listening to a podcast, but you're in a place where you realize that Jesus has not been the Lord, the master of your life. You've been your own master. You've been running your life the way that you want to run it. And today is a day to submit to the mastery of Jesus Christ and give him your heart, your life once and for all. If that's you in this room or listening right now, just pray this prayer with me. Say this, say, Jesus, I'm sorry for being my own master. And I submit to you right now. I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sins. You rose again for my salvation. You're coming back again. Today, I make you my Lord, and I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer online, shoot us a little message, direct message us, uh, and we'll connect with you. We have a gift for you. We want to do our best to help you to win in your life and to live your life at the absolute best for Jesus Christ. And for those of you that are in this room with us right now, if you prayed that prayer and you made a real decision in your life, I want to give you the opportunity just to acknowledge that decision, and this is why. The Bible is very clear. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me in front of people, then I will acknowledge you in front of my Father. It's a really big deal. Jesus will vouch for you in front of the Father in heaven right now. And and I also want you to acknowledge it because I want to be able to pray for you personally. You, You might be the answer that someone else has been praying for for many years or months. This could be your moment of salvation. If that's you and you made a decision, it takes a lot of guts to do this, but would you just be bold enough to raise your hand and say, Joel, that's me. I made a decision for Jesus today. Anybody in this room right there? God bless you, sir. God bless you, man. God bless you, man. That's awesome. Praise God. What a gift. Anybody else? I made a decision for Jesus today. Anybody else in the room? One more back over here. That's awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Can you do me one more favor? I I personally want to pray for you. If you raised your hand, will you just come right down here and just let me pray for you? I just want to pray with you personally. Just come right down here. Anybody that raised their hand, just come down here. Let me pray for you. Baby, will you help me pray? Come on down, sweetheart. Come on down, sir. God bless you. If there was one more, come on in. Wherever you are, come on down. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on down. What's up, man? God bless you. Awesome. Come on down, guys. Thank you. God bless you. So glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus.
Jesus, I thank you for these beautiful souls that you love so much. God, I ask you to reach down and touch them right now with the power of your Holy Spirit. I ask you to comfort them and give them your presence at a new level, Father, as they've accepted you and made you the master of their lives. God, I ask you that you would release your reward to them, your blessing, your favor, your anointing, your presence upon them. Father, let them feel your presence and feel your spirit and know that you are with them in the name of Jesus. I thank you for success and victory that you're releasing to them. I thank you for courage and boldness that you're releasing to them. I thank you for an ability to hear your voice and know that you are with them, that you're releasing to them right now, Father, that you'll lead them and guide them into all truth just as your word has declared. In Jesus' name, we give you praise and glory and honor. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for coming today. So glad. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. I think our, um, I've been gone for a month, so I don't know what we do. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to turn it back over to Ron here in a second. There he is. Uh, that's awesome. Um, but those of you that raised your hand, if, if it came forward, if you would, on your way out, there's a little front desk over here. Just stop by and say hi. Um, and we've got a, a Bible that we want to give you, a gift that we want to give you. We just want to help you. All right, we want to help you. We want you to do the very best you can in life for God. Amen? Amen. I also want to make sure, are you going to talk about the ladies' Bible study? we got an awesome ladies' Bible study starting on the 18th. Is that right? All you ladies, make sure you go online, get signed up for that. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, something that Cheryl has created and developed and used, and it is incredible. You do not want to miss that, all right? So get signed up for that. All right, God bless. Thank you, Pastor Ron. Amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.